fucking teenagers uh you'll notice that uh my southern the southern twang is gone from my voice which means we are back to gossip girl gossip girl is back from its hiatus we're back from a brief one week hiatus um and i'm here as always with matt rather a regularly a regularly scheduled hiatus we're back our our regularly scheduled hiatus weekly one week hiatus that's right. Uh, bringing you, uh, we we being over the overthinking it uh, empire's second longest running uh, uh, <laughs> podcast of um, um, consecutive podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it really. <laughs> That's funny. I um. So yeah, I though I did like the comment last time. Uh, I'll look up who who commented it, but uh, the one that said we're finally hitting our stride. Now, I believe that Pastor, was Pasteur. So Pasteur, we showed you. <laughs> <laughs> Only took us two years and and uh, fifty episodes, but we finally did a podcast worthy of of uh, releasing to to a general audience. Um, I mean, that's not necessarily how I interpreted that. Um, I mean, I think there couldn't. I mean, maybe he meant. Actually, maybe he meant what it, what it looked like there, but it also could have been like it could have meant again. Um, it could have meant uh, yeah, yeah. That's well, no, that's a good that's a good point. I guess I guess it was referring to the fact that we had done a number of uh, a number of consecutive episodes. Yes, there's there's that again. I think right. I think I think it's some combination of qua- uh, uh, quantity and quality, which um, has. Happened only only a few times in the, in the history of this uh, in the brief history of this podcast, right. um, and and but here we are again uh, trying to give you both quantity and quality uh, on the uh, the mid season premiere of Gossip Girl, um, which I believe is, is called uh, "Are You There, God? It's Me, Blair," uh, or otherwise known as "The Passion of the Blair," right. um, in which um, Blair Blair finds God. Um, you know, we, we had yet a, uh, the last time we talked, we're, we're with, um, the Upper East Siders, um, there'd been another, another half season had ended with, with yet another car crash. Um, and, um, Chuck and Blair looked to be in, in dire straits, but, uh, at the beginning of this episode, um, Chuck appears to be fine, um, at least physically, um, if not emotionally or something like that. Um, and, and we learned throughout the episode that, um, Chuck is a lot, Blair believes uh, that in, you know, in this, um, moment of need, um, Blair, um, Blair prayed to God, struck a deal with, with God, uh, that she would, uh, never talk to Chuck again and would marry Louis if he let, uh, Chuck live. And then right. she believes that this is why Chuck is alive. And so the, this, the whole episode is, is both, you know, um, you know, she she talks about a, a secret, and as I mean, as you know, Matt, Matt, how do you rank this secret in the all time uh, legion of of Gossip Girl secrets? Um, yeah, are you, your point is that it's not really right up there with "I killed a guy," right? Like Serena's "I killed a guy." Well, actually, I think it almost precisely is. <laughs> um, um, you know, of like in terms of being uh, inconsequential. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, in, in terms of being kind of a, a, a cop out, um, you know, I, I thought that like 
you know, what, what I was pretty when she had a secret was that the, the, the baby had been chucks all along and she chose and she chose to abort it or something like that. You know, like um, that that is what we expect you know, from, from the perspective of being more. Um, you know, from you know, TV viewers. From, yeah, exactly. Like from watching Downton Abbey, you know what I mean? O'Brien yeah. left the soap there, you know, yeah. intentionally. Yeah. Right? And uh, Lady, uh, Lady Grantham, like, uh, tripped on it, lost the baby, and now she just has to live with the guilt. Even though, like, she had a, you know, change of heart at the last minute and tried to save yeah. her. Yeah. It, was, it was too late. That's the kind of high stakes uh, and also kind of, I guess, sort of depravity or brutality that we are now conditioned to expect um, ever since, right, ever since Tony Soprano strangled the guy, you know, with the piano wire while on a college trip with Meadow. We expect that level of depravity every time. E- ever since, this. ever since Kennard shot, uh, shot Omar uh, while, he was, <laughs> while he was buying uh, cigarettes. Um, it has a name. Yeah, yeah, I believe his name's Kennard. Uh, he just appeared in that one episode. Is it? Uh... He's he's around. He's oh, he's okay. he's a pretty minor character, but he's um, he's uh, he's there. Um, K e n a r d, I believe. Oh. Not, um, not the French word for duck. That's that's correct. I, I, that's why I was clarifying. <laughs> um, um, I, I was clarifying, in fact, because I, I think I had looked that up at one point. Um, yeah, exactly. But I think I think you know. So even what it lacks, it you know, it, I think it's also disappointing because it is this. Um, I mean, it, it's why why else is it disappointing? Um, from like a, a it, it does have that feel of a bit of a, a cop out um, because well, it's like I mean, here's why because it's because there are no stakes. You know what I mean? If you break a promise to yourself, that that's sort of ethically uh, identical to changing your mind. You know what I mean? About something. It's, there, are no, there are no consequences. And like, yeah, I mean, I imagine that Blair is going to be leaving Louis uh, at the altar because mostly because Louis hasn't been getting enough screen time for me to think that he's becoming uh, a main character. And also because Gossip Girl sort of it, being about married kids, that's not Gossip Girl territory. It's, you know what I mean? It seems to me that it'll no. be a, uh, it'll be a, uh, a big cop out though. You know, just this week on Glee, Finn proposed to Rachel. Wow. Yeah. And he, uh, <laughs> and uh, the episode ends with her, her shocked expression. So we don't know what she says. I think wow. she says like I, th- I think she engaged said, engaged and underaged right <laughs> oh god we should watch that show too um do you think those teenagers are fucking the engaged and underaged ones yes um I mean, yeah, if you had to uh, draw a Venn diagram between engaged and underaged and 16 and pregnant, um, no, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're different. Um, I, I would love to estimate those, uh, the, the statistical relationships between, uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess in the reality shows, uh, I, think, I think some are. Let's let's leave let's leave it at that. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, no, I think you're right. I think there's actually something that's very interesting about the, the stakes here of this idea of or a actually maybe they're not because of the eight episodes in season one. Uh, it seems like five of the couples are no longer together, uh, according to Wikipedia. Of the of the engaged and underage couples, yes, uh, uh, exactly of them uh, of the eight couples who were featured, uh, five five of the couples didn't make it. Uh, uh, for the long term, which I am shocked by. Shocked. I know. Uh, um, 
anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, what I was, uh, I was saying before we, we yeah, maybe, maybe we should just talk about a gauge and underaged. Um, it, I think it, I think it really is, uh, is, is worthy of, of our, of our, of our pantheon. Um, uh, and but let's not watch any of the show. Let's just really talk about what we can get from the Wikipedia page. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, here's a uh, here's a MySpace blog entry, 2009 uh, or yeah, um, right, 2010 uh, MySpace blog entry from uh, oh uh, Cassie, uh, who was half of of Cassie and uh, Emil or Emily E M M I L E. I guess that could be Emily. Uh, <laughs> The marriage was a huge mistake. But one thing I do know is that I learned a great deal from being married at age 19. It's so strange to be 21 and divorced, quote-unquote. I was too young to get married. Yes, everyone was right. The best thing I learned from my experience is what true love is. I, I actually love that, by the way. At 19, I was delusional about what true love is. But now that I'm 21, I know what true <laughs> I, love I is. saw things darkly, as if through a, uh, through a glass darkly. <laughs> now face to face. Uh, also, I, when you are actually legally divorced, I don't think you put it in quotes. Like, um, well, I guess, I mean, I guess because uh, their marriage was not a, a legal marriage, was not a state-sanctioned marriage, being being uh, lesbians at the time, uh, and the time being, I guess, tw- two thousand seven. Um, they they were quote unquote married and quote unquote divorced. So they were what they were commitment ceremony and, and uh, uncommitment ceremony or something at the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, um, not to mention, uh, I, I wish my I, I wish my wife were not someone uh, that believes that people deserve to be hit as punishment for stupid little things. Whoa! So apparently, it was a uh, an abusive nineteen-year-old uh, uh, lesbian marriage on engaged in underage. Wow. You 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 heard it here first. Uh, <laughs> the breaking coverage of three seasons of Engaged and Underage. I go. Um, no, but I you know I want to I want to return um, to this this issue about the stakes involved in Blair's promise to to God, right? And so I think that part of why um, the stakes feel low is that I think that. Because you know she is is um, is praying. You know this is is an utterance that happens when she's praying by herself. Um, that increases the feeling as if it is a promise to herself, um, and that you know if you think of other types of like vows to God or or you know promises to God, they're 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 given in in some uh, sense in 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 a social context. Right. And right? marriage um, being I mean speaking of vacation under Yeah, no, exactly. I, exactly. Exactly. It's exactly what I was thinking. Um and that, you know, um so that part of what the you know the marriage ritual does is, you know, the the community is is the stand in for for God, right? They're the stewards of this of, of this relationship in and some way. With, with Blair, with Blair becoming Catholic, like that's actually explicit in in Catholic theology that like you need the community, you know, you need the community there because it's uh, 
you know, it's a sacramental theology. It's, it's not like a remote sort of deist God who set the universe in motion and then like brushed his hands off. It's a God who's like, who's actually there. And it's, you know, it's a little, when you like really understand the Catholic theology of that, it's, it, it can even feel a little creepy to the uninitiated of like, you know, God is there in, you know, in your, your parents and friends and family watching, you know, watching you, you know, little, little pieces of God are in, uh, in everything, in the smile of every child, in the laugh of uh, every baby, in the uh, breeze that rustles through the trees. Um, yeah, so it's, but, right. So that's, but that's very different because it's, it's, it's for her, it's still, although she is, you know, does reveal at the end of the episode that she's converting to Catholicism, it is still very, like, I mean, it's very personal. It's a very, it, she's the only person that witnesses and decides that this, is, that this is true and then, you know, goes on to consult a priest and, um, and, and, and so on. But, um, right, and the, the logical fa- fallacy that she's committing is, is obvious. It's post hoc ergo propter hoc, right? That is to say, Chuck's recovery happened after, uh, after her vow in the hospital chapel. Though that, I mean, though that was shot weird, right? With like weird desaturated color from one from one end, and then like black and white as the uh, as the nurse walked in like an angel, yeah, you know, yeah. turning light behind her. Um, I think I think that scene was actually a real scene, and that it took place in in the hospital chapel, and that the the weird kind of the weird uh, visual language is a is a sign that. Uh, always a sign of how much weight or how how heavily uh, Blair has romanticized it in retrospect. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You know that uh, you know the recovery happened after her vow to God. Uh, therefore, it happened because of her her vow to God. I guess I think that's right. I mean, I guess there is one one other way of interpreting that um, of as as um, like if you want to be charitable to Blair and from a perspective of kind of like psychology is like, if, if, um, you know, even if that is not the case, like for her, the cost of like, of, of Chuck, of losing Chuck, like the fact that that they are correlated at all, um, uh, like, like, and that there was that sequencing, um, indicates that there is some non-zero probability that they are causally related to one another. Um, and given that there is a non-zero probability of a um, of an event with nearly uh, infinite negative utility for Blair, um, then she she will behave as if it is true. Now that uh, that that is again. Um... That is uh, Pascal. Not again. Uh, that is a, a slightly different uh, concept from the history of ideas, which is known as Pascal's wager, right? Uh, right. Which is uh, you know Blaise Pascal, who wrote, um, oh, what are they called? Pensées, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Like thoughts. And, right. Uh, the the famous one is you know the heart has reasons that reason knows not of. Uh, is the like that's the greatest hits. Um, that's the greatest hit out of Pensées. Uh, the the idea being that like um, what I like the deep cuts I like the deep cuts off of Pensees. <laughs> romance romance is is uh, uh, you know not what answerable to the laws of reason I think is the idea is the idea of that pense. Um but so uh, uh, Pascal proposed that like because we can't know for sure whether there is a God you just look at the payoffs uh, as to whether God 
uh, exists or not, and if you live as if God exists or not. And um, there's there's nothing to lose or not much to lose, he says, by uh, wagering that God exists and living according, accordingly. But there is a lot to lose by uh, wagering that God doesn't exist and being wrong. Uh, you know, so you just you just live as if as if God exists. And right. and what you're saying is that Blair has uh, Blair has sort of made Pascal's wager. That is to say, right. she has decided that um, she's not going to test this hypothesis because uh, you know there there would be no way to get Chuck back if he did die. Right. Yeah. I think that's 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 exactly um, the way I I, I view it. Um, and yet, at the same time, it still is 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 a. I think there is also a fascinating amount of of um, self delusion there. I mean, cause I think what's, I mean, I guess another question is, or another way of kind of shedding light on this, or another angle is to think about like, when else have we seen have we seen religion enter in the world of Gossip Girl at all? I mean, we're we're now halfway through season four. What are are there other major instances of um, of any of the characters? You know praying or being being religious um and if yeah i don't i it's funny i wasn't i sort of wasn't prepared for that question so i don't have an answer off the top of my head but off the top of my i I thought i I thought you had been preparing the uh the exhaustive data set uh for our our massive uh you know for our book project um it's uh um what is Wallace Shawn's character's name? Uh, his Jewishness. Cyrus, I believe. Right, yeah. His his Jewishness is one that is brought up a lot, right? Sure. I mean, and not... Uh, it sort of is like... The the big thing about his Jewishness is that occasionally we have a... Uh, occasionally we have a party, right? Right. Well, and I think, though, it's, it's that... So I think that that's interesting is that religion is in part a... It's a, it's a cultural marker, right? That it's... Um, it, it, that 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 religion comes in as the the P in wasp, right? Um, um, sure, and that they are like white Anglo-Saxon Protestants, um, and so the, the the Protestantism is it's it's a, a a cultural thing, but certainly like in practice or both in both practice and in in um, you know their actual moral standing, um, there's not a lot of. Uh, christianity up in up in this world really um and so i so i think that that turn is also um is is also odd i mean you know you don't see a lot of um um you don't see a lot of of necessarily explicit atheism it's just it's just not there it's like almost like um it's just not on uh you know on, on their on their radar um even even though there are you know occasional episodes of life life or death or at least lifeishness and deathishness uh, you know but like, again there are these issues of stakes um and so there is this an attempt in an yet and i guess part of what what is difficult is that you know i guess you know as as a viewer you know of course chuck is not going to die and so even these high stakes are are do feel low. So narratively, in, in introducing this 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 device and this kind of whether it's a, this conversion and this you know the Blair's um, Blair's Blair's wager, 
Um, it, it feels low stakes uh, for that reason. Um, and I think there's another uh, element here, though, is that that it's also this idea of even though this is kind of um, you know this intense, likely intensely personal thing, or at least it's the the you know the the writers of Gossip Girl want us to believe that that's the case. Um, it also is a little bit of um, Blair using God as her personal concierge, you know, like, you know, God, it would be great. It's like, God is like, is like, um, a, a just, you know, she would have asked Dorota, but she, she had the night off, you know, um, and, and, and this seemed to be, uh, in more in God's, in God's skill set. Um, you know, the, the, this is the idea of like, well, I need something. So, um, um, you know, God should be able to hook me up or is that, is that unfair? Um, unfair to Blair? No, I mean, I don't think it's uh it's a question of there being no atheists in foxholes, right? Is the, you know, like gets at the, the sort of convenience of turning to God at this particular moment. And I think it's not, you know, it's not an accident that it happens in a, in a hospital chapel, or if it is an accident, it's a telling accident that it happens in a hospital chapel, right. And not in a, um, uh, and not in I don't know what a, a big church, right? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I guess, but I guess another way of, of looking at it is—is is that kind of—is there something to the the kind of overlap between class and and faith, right? That, is this something about a? a is this a, a particularly kind of um, like a, a response and and kind of move towards religion that, like, at least this kind of um, the, the more kind of, you know, God, I need a solid here. Um, is this it, like, is there something that is like particular to the world of gossip girl or is this just, or is this more of an instance of this broader trope of, um, you know, no atheists in foxholes? Um, and, 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 uh, if so, then, you know, is there really much more that's interesting there or is this just more of a frustrating gossip girl, um, cop out? Yeah, it's I mean, I think it's going to become more a part of the show. Like I guess we uh we read a like a an article on oh, I forget some television site that had some like not spoilers exactly, but was an interview with with one of the executive producers about um where it's going and it's like and he says that they they always promise this. This is the, you know, this is the tickling of the balls that Gossip Girl does, right? That like uh oh, we're going to stick with this thread. You know what I mean? We're going to we're going to we're not going to abandon this uh we're not going to abandon this this plot contrivance. We're not going to drop it like it's hot once, you know, something better comes along. Like, you know, I don't know, the real uh Charlotte Rhodes or something. Um no, but uh, but at least it was it was indicated that that Blair's conversion is something that is uh, that's going to continue because um, right now that has religion been a part of the world? No, but there is there is kind of a curious moralism that's that's part of the world, like uh, like Gossip Girl uh, herself yeah. has has sort of a curious moralism, and in terms of like in terms of the idea that like this free press holds the aristocrats is kind of a balance against the aristocrats sort of indulging, uh, indulging every whim. And, um, and Blair through being a master manipulator and Chuck, because he just didn't care, uh, doesn't get to, you know, does, uh, get away, uh, doesn't get tripped up by gossip girl, does get away with indulging every whim. And you can think of their, like, uh, 
you know, I don't know, weird sex games and things like this, or, uh, you know, as the, as the, the example of this. Actually, Blair, I mean, Blair is the kind of pers- perfect person to, um, to get religion uh, because she has the farthest to fall, in a sense, right? Like, even though Serena is arguably worse because she's supposed to be this, like, uh, Paris Hilton-esque party girl, um, she, you know, kind of has a basic goodness, right? Or she has, a, I guess, a basic kindness, uh, or is supposed to, um, that, uh, you know, that, that Blair lacks because Blair is, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, a free artist of herself is sort of out for her own, her own power and her own, her own pleasure. Um, does that totally not answer your question? No, I think, I think it does. Um, I, I think it does. I mean, I think that, I think it's interesting. I mean, maybe this can segue to another, another topic and then we can circle back to this, either this episode or, or another episode. I think that, it's striking that you say that, you know, in some ways, Gossip Girl plays this role of, um, of, of social kind of social policing and moral policing that religion does in other societies and contexts. Um, and it's striking that, you know, this, in this episode, in which is the one in which, um, you know, God is the most present in, in all of the, uh, in, in the entire series, um, is, is the one in which Gossip Girl is the most, uh, is the most absent, right? That, um, and if you notice this, that, um, you know, several of the characters remark that, um, you know, Gossip Girl is, is, has, has gone dark. Right. And if you realize, like, there isn't, um, throughout the whole episode, there is no Gossip Girl, um, narration, um uh, in in the until, in the bump- yeah, until the climactic text message yeah 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 exactly um and so that is and which I, which i thought was kind of cool um no, you know good, i mean it's a good device and it's it's the writers doing what they do which is kind of um uh what like create these kind of local phenomena that are you know that are very uh sort of rich right and and what replaces it? Well, a lot of like very, uh, a lot of very bombastic music. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Noticed that the score was like omnipresent throughout, uh, like throughout the, this episode. There was just a lot of, uh, I don't know, heavily processed vocals coming through. I, I mean, I didn't find it. Um, are, are you sure you're not? You're, you're sure you're not confusing Glee and Gossip Girl now? Uh, <laughs> um. Oh shit! No, I understand. Uh, <laughs> I understand that. I understand that uh, your whole life has a has a soundtrack, you know, off Spotify of like heavily processed <laughs> vocals coming through, and all of your experimental noise collectives and uh, and whatnot. But it just yeah. When I when I listen to vocals that are heavily processed, it's it's for artistic effect. Right. Uh, it, it just makes them unintelligible as human voices. Right. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. I didn't notice this more uh, than 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 usual. But as as you say, I I um I always I always have the music going. So it, it, it that I did not find that noticeable. I mean, I found I found that less noticeable than I found the absence of the Gossip Girl um, um, narration. Sure. I mean, yeah, sure. It's not a show that uh, it's it, you know, it's not a show that that wants for music usually so maybe it's just maybe it's just that there was no narration where the that part of the other part of the soundtrack stuck out more to me can i ask you something does anyone in gossip girl is anyone right now involved in a dramatically interesting story (laughs) 
Uh, is this, um... Like, there's not... I, I, I don't care about the, the love triangle or love square with, uh, you know, Louis, Chuck, and Dan. Um, I, w- I want Jenny Humphrey back, you know? I want some girls to go wild. I want some people to get in trouble. This sort of Grey's uh, anatomizing, uh, this sort of Grey's lumbotomizing of... Uh, of Gossip Girl, you know, this, all this melodramatic stuff. Maybe that's why I noticed the music, because it seemed to, like, be a prop for the melodrama. Um, is, uh, for the feelings. <laughs> yeah, it's so, it's, so, it's so tiresome, you know what I mean? Like, I want to, I want to watch people enjoying, uh, you know, pleasures I can't imagine uh, consequence-free. That's, you know, that's what I want. Right, and when you want, when you want like, melodrama... You know, we now have Friday Night Lights, which is always just going to kick the 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 bejesus out of um, uh, out of Gossip Girl uh, in 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 that dimension. Um, and because it's not even that there's melodrama. I mean, there is real kind of you know in in rewatching. Um, it must have been um, I think season one, episode ten, which uh, is is the next one up in our in our queue um, for talking about Friday Night Lights. Um, you know, it, I mean, there is some real like. I don't often get emotionally wrought when watching um, television and movies. And um, I don't think I did the first time in watching this, but there's, I think it maybe was either with the interaction between Jason and Lila or, uh, or a few others. I mean, it's like, there's some, there are, there are consistently, um, you know, some, some powerful um, moments throughout the series. I mean, as the series goes on, I know, um, you know, my, when my fiance and I were watching season five, um, she was pretty much crying every three to four minutes um, in the, in, for the entirety of the of the last season of Friday Night Lights. Um, and 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 Gossip Girl doesn't do that, right? It it, it is it is it is melodrama. Um, and that's the, that's the the. Um... Right, that's the contract that it you know that it makes with you. Yeah, and it's kind of cheap for. And this is what Glee did, by the way. It's kind of cheap for a, a TV show to sort of change the rules after it's asked you to sign on to an agreement, uh, a cert, a certain agreement, right? Mm. Um, yeah, well, uh, unpack that a little more. Um, I, I think that's. I think there's an interesting idea of the television show as 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 an implicit contract. Right. If you think um, of the meta relationship between a television show and and an audience, uh, not just the the kind of the manifest relationship which has to do with like telling a story and the uh, the audience watching, um, you're promised by a television show uh, under the the current system, which is you know all about demographics and niches and. Uh, marketability and you know things like this you're promised a certain kind of experience you know what i mean there and there Mm -hmm. are signals um that a television show gives you that like this is the kind of experience that you're you're Mm -hmm. you're Mm -hmm. signing up for and that's that you know what i mean that's how you know that gossip girl is going to be different from the other shows on the cw like one tree hill or or i don't know heart of dixie now is the one that they seem to be promoting heavily in the commercial breaks or Nikita, or which uh, which actually stars uh, Jason Street, or he's not, maybe he's not a star, but he's a kind of a a um, recurring cast member. Oh yeah, well uh-huh. it stars Summer from The OC, you right? Know, a Josh Schwartz show, right, uh, right? So I mean, right? So there you go. It all I mean, it all comes full circle, doesn't it? But um, you know, you know, you're in for a different uh, a different kind of thing, right? That is to say, this Gossip Girl right now is a, is a. Uh, story about college age kids being bitchy right 
And uh, or, although you know, none of them appear to be in college at all, I mean, it's it's it, it, it's it's apropos that you say college age. I mean, this is something that actually struck me after. Um, I mean, I guess I mean I guess they would be right now in where the timeline of the show would be still in winter break, but we haven't seen them do anything remotely related to um, college all year, right? Um, you know, Nate is now running a newspaper yep. um, yeah, as, as, as a what? A, I guess they're, they're what? They're 20? They're, they're probably... It would be junior year, right? Or, uh, uh, or sophomore year. I, yeah, I can't believe sophomore it. sophomore year. It'd be sophomore right. year because okay, uh, they started as juniors in high school. But I think the fact that we the fact that we don't know the answer to that question is an indicator of how how important it is. So okay, so the show is about college age kids being bitchy, but you know you're going to get a different show than when you watched last year when you watched Hellcats, uh, right? Which was another show about college age kids being bitchy and sort of queen bees on the the cheerleading squad. There was an indifferent sort of implicit contract and. And so when, when a television show sort of suddenly makes a left turn, um, uh, one thing, unless it's like really well handled, one thing that happens is that like they've changed the, the, the agreement, right? They've changed the rules um, that they had sort of implicitly uh, agreed to abide by by asking for your viewership under... Uh, under certain circumstances, you know, and this this was a problem. I mean, this was the problem with Glee, which had a a, uh, a first year that was really interesting, a second year that that became kind of a clusterfuck, and, and a third year where where it too sort of degenerated into melodrama, as though right, as though we we wanted all of our soaps to be like uh, like daytime soaps or something, or you know, or like Grey's Anatomy or something. I mean, I think that, that uh, there's a, there's a few possibilities here. I mean, one is that Gossip Girl. It's it's unclear that this is is actually a um, a marks a a kind of shift in what kind of show Gossip Girl is, and is is actually a changing of the contract. I mean, one op- one option that we've talked about a lot throughout this um, this podcast is that you know it could be that part of the the contract that we assume as Gossip Girl uh, viewers is uh, that we agree to as Gossip Girl viewers is, is that there is some degree of variance um, and that occasionally there will be episodes that are, um, or even runs of episodes that we feel are like a little dumb and, and overwrought um, and not particularly satisfying, but that we will, we will sit through that for all of the things that are both like very funny, very sharp, well-observed and, and interesting uh, and, and or scandalous, right? That, and, and that, um, and, and so that, you know, I think that there would be a change in this contract if the overall ratio of those, um, changed substantially. Sure. Um, and so I think that, you know, by, you know, in some ways by ultimately, you know, crapping out on this kind of plot line and this decision, um, um, which they say they won't do, but I think you're right that they, that they will, you know, by by crapping out on that, it will be you know fulfilling its end of the bargain, right? I mean, in some ways, the worst thing Gossip Girl could do, I think, is see this through. Um, and, and I just don't think it, I, I don't think it will because it's a show that is very much um, other uh, you know other than um, than Jenny's departure. Um, it's a show that's very much um, into retreat. Like, well, I mean, so that's, that's only someone leaving the core cast in this core world. Um, and that most entries 
are temporary right. um, at, at best. Um, and and so if they keep Louis around and they and they have Blair be married, I mean that is a a, a massive structural change to the show. Yeah, it's um, and it's funny because like the the European monarchy represents a, like a what I, I think it kind of stands in for a notionally like an even more stable um you know organization of of uh social and power relationships but um but it's it's funny how much less important the uh the european monarchy is than the the sort of upper east side aristocracy and it's a, it's an essentially sort of conservative view of the world that gossip girl has because nothing can change right yeah yeah um well, how, how do you mean that? Um, I'm not well, sure I, I follow the implications. Like wh- everything sort of goes back. Everything kind of reverts to equilibrium. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And it, to, to the point where you get the sense that the equilibrium is, is quote unquote natural. Uh, you know what I mean? Rather than the equilibrium being an artifact of, uh, you know, structural conditions or, or of, happenstance the the equilibrium is kind of like god's in his heaven and all's right uh all's right with the world yeah i think that's um i think that's right and i think that as a result um yeah i don't know i mean i'm wondering well and so right so as as a result i think that there will be a bit more um equilibrating um, and I, I think that this, the, you know, the reemergence of, of Gossip Girl, I imagine, will be um, um, a, a part of that um, as as well. Um, so, yeah, I think that um, I think that that is is still the sign that that, that Gossip Girl has not uh, broken the contract. I, I think that, that there's another factor here is that I mean I, that I think is interesting about this idea of um this this kind of contract between um you know the uh the the television show and, and the viewers is that there are i think multiple contracts right that are and and it's not as many as there are viewers but i think that um for a lot of these shows i mean i think there's there's a few a few um dimensions here one is that there is like the fact that i think what the show kind of the core viewership of the show became and what the kind of a core contract was, was different from what it was intended to be when the show started. Right. And that, um, you know, that the core relationship was, um, one that was a bit more skewed towards teens was a bit more focused on the, um, on the books. Um, and I think the show that became, you know, developed the following that it has, um, is, is, has, has a combination of that, um, with a combination of, um, you know, the, the viewership that we um, represent, and I think that the, the New York Magazine recappers um, represent, um, which are, you know, people who are, like, generally coastal um, 20 to 30-somethings, right, who, who um, both, you know, like we say, like this, like the combination of interestingness and the salaciousness. Um, uh, that Let's is, say eighteen to thirty-four, please, so that I can still be in the demo. Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> you need a new yeah. podcast. What are you? What, what are you doing here, man? Lurking around? Like we need to? Um, yeah. What's more? What's What's in your demo? Um, <laughs> Great. Yeah. Absolutely. What is in my demo? I don't know. Burn notice, probably. Or. Uh, <laughs> 
Right. Oh, you know, spies drink a lot of coffee, but sometimes you need to make your own coffee. I use a burr grinder. Bar, bar, bar. I like in Burn Notice how the guy always sounds angry at you the whole time. It's like, spies need to make their own coffee, but sometimes you use a burr grinder. You know what I mean? Just every yeah. time, whenever you like page, uh, you like flip through USA and that show is on a marathon, uh, just add the word asshole every time the main guy talks in that show, you know? And, and I think it's a, it's a fun game. So, so where are we? Where, where else are we with Gossip Girl? Uh, um, we're hopelessly lost. I, um, I, uh, I liked – oh, so apparently uh, Chivy's um, confession, her kind of muttered confession as she was backing out the hospital door had no effect. Nobody heard it. Uh, and I think, I think no Rufus did. It. I no think Rufus did. But he didn't I mean, understand its significance, right? I guess not. I, I guess not. Because his his th- his uh, his argument to Lily is not that she she's an imposter. It's that uh, it's that hey she she decided she didn't she didn't want this and given all the you know the paparazzi at her debutante ball at her hastily arranged debutante ball um, given all of that uh, she um, you know she she just chickened out and I, and she did kind of chicken out actually for for uh in you know stunning dramatic irony for different reasons than the one Rufus imagines but um but uh i, I mean right like after the car crash it's like oh man the stakes of this game are too high yeah uh, yeah so, yeah so um but that is that's totally a different ivy than the one that we saw you know in that shot at the end that was like i you know fuck you bitch i'm a Rhodes now uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And like that, you know, and it's a, this, like this is the bad gossip girl, right? This is the bad uh, show where they like create a character that like I thought that she was going to become the new Georgina or she was going to become, you know what I mean? The new. But even of- even Georgina's not around, right? Like, <laughs> like, so in a way, yes, um, like or not even in a way like that. That yeah, is, she is like- the new Georgina in that she's not on the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and I think that. Like I, I again, I think that part of what this is is that you know what we are, where we are with uh, Gossip Girl is in a very good kind of second best, right? Because the first best is a show that like you know accommodates these kinds of of changes to the world, and people kind of come in, they play this role, um, and maybe they're the, the, in a primary story arc, but then become part of the world, um, and 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 then become yet another. An, another note in an increasingly, you know, complex, complex um, symphony, and they come, they they come in and out and play roles in various storylines um, as more and more layers are added. And again, this is um, the wire, um, and I would argue Friday Night Lights um, and several, uh, you know, Downton Abbey, um, Mad Men. Right? I think the best shows of our time. Um, um, and and some will may disagree with me on what was in and, and out of that that list, but I think that is a, that type of um, ways of dealing with new characters um, is is characteristic of all of those shows. I mean, they, they do it slightly differently, but it's part of what makes them all good. Um, which I think is something we talked about um, on the last episode of this podcast when we were talking about a theory, your theory of why um, why why uh, Friday Night Lights is is so good. Um, and and I think that that Gossip Girl, you know, the best case scenario would be a Gossip Girl that had both the narrative structure and the way of kind of 
dealing with entry and exit from the world um, in in which uh, in, in that uh, that uh, some of these other shows do. But you know, the second best in which there is this kind of rigid order. Um, and, and, and it snaps back um, and, and, and kind of fights any deviation and any kind of intrusion is, um, is expelled. And as a result, their plot line is, um, is, is, is resolved. That is what Gossip Girl is. And so I think without a more robust way of moving towards that first mode, ways of keeping an Ivy around or keeping a Louis around would read to us more like a break of the contract um and would be become more like a um much more of a a drift in in purpose rather than a a, because there's not at the meta level the structure of the show doesn't really have the architecture to be robust to these kinds of changes and, and to be one that 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 builds this in and as a result it would just become like a spin-off of itself you know, um rather reminds yeah. me of ryan it reminds me of the second law of thermodynamics um, uh, and, uh, could you, could you unpack that well, <laughs> um, um, about entropy? Yeah, it's, it's the one about, it's about entropy and the second law of thermodynamics, I think in layman's terms, if it was explained right to me is that in a closed system, uh, entropy will increase. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that, th- that that's what we see. I think that's the kind of what we see in gossip girl, right? And the difference between an open and closed system and open, uh, uh, system is a system that sort of exchanges energy uh, outside of the system, and a closed system is a system that does not exchange energy outside the system. And so, unless you have a force coming in to restore order, entropy, which is like a measure of disorder, right, which is a, a measure of the distribution of heat, right, is heat very evenly distrib- distributed and everything's like a warm soup, or is heat unevenly distributed and you have extreme pockets of hot and cold, um, uh, you know, right, uh, like. I don't know, like the universe, right? There are like these stars and there are these extreme pockets of hot and then there's empty space, uh, extreme, you know, expanses of cold, um, that that will all even out over time, says the second law of thermodynamics. And the universe will become this kind of gray soup where, uh, that we're moving towards a situation where, where, uh, matter and energy, which I guess are the same thing are sort of more evenly distributed. And like, because I, I, I wonder this, this is the hypothesis now that we can sort of argue or prove or disprove i wonder if because gossip girl depicts more or less a closed system where you know there is kind of no outside force you know there is no god who is going to reach in to gossip girl Mm, and like mm, separate mm -hmm. the good from the bad or the right you know the right from the wrong um i wonder if if the story of the uh the uh the you know, last couple of seasons, it's been a kind of increase in entropy where we started it with a show that had these extreme pockets of hot and cold in like Dan and Blair, for example, being like opposite ends of the spectrum. But now sort of Dan and Blair like come together and are very kind of lukewarm, you know, together. And like Dan is being, I suppose he has ulterior motives because he has designs on her, but he's being a really stand up guy and just kind of like, you know, they're hugging. Like there was a lot of Dan and Blair hugging in this episode, like and like comforting, you know, friendly hugs, right? So yeah, and Chuck really pulled a Jason Street there, right? Uh, making the same inference um, that 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 uh, he did in Friday Night Lights um, from from seeing uh, the hugging. But in, in the case, the fact that the fact that Jason was right and Chuck was wrong does not change the fact that it's a bad strategy considered on its face. I don't know. I think that the way that Friday Night Lights um, acted, I mean, that, that, that would be an interesting 
um, I don't know, psychological experiment. Um, like, in, in, you know, because one of the things we do um, in this show is, is dabble in like behavioral uh, economics and judgment and decision-making uh, sciences is thinking about like, you know, photographs of, of people hugging. Um, and, you know, sim- similar like to the slideshow that Louis uh, wants to upload um, to, uh, to what the spectators website, um, uh, of, are these people romantically involved or not? Um, and then you could think about cert- how certain types of frames, um, uh, affect the accuracy of a, you know, at a baseline level, how accurately can we, can we discern that? Um, and B, what kinds of frames bias, um, that in one direction or, or another? Um, because I think that, um, in, in Friday Night Lights, with, uh, when, when Jason observes uh, Lila and Tim, there's this kind of um, like lingering, right? There's, there's an embrace, and then there's this kind of like lingering moment. And it's the lingering moment that, that really causes him to make the, um, um, the, the, the inference. And there's, there's an, a hand that lingers on the arm, right? Um, sure, in, the, right. in this way of prolonging the it, it both is prolonging the contact and, and indicates this kind of intimacy um that the the dan and blair um hugs do not um sure. so I, I think that um I, I think the extent to which it is a bad strategy um is is a is an empirical question right okay i buy that well good do you buy that listeners <laughs> Um, would you, would you, will you sign up for our, uh, for our ongoing, um, behavioral, uh, economics experiment? Um, um, if so, um, give us a call at, as always at 203-285-6401. That's 20 fat jog one. Um, uh, you can hit us on the Twitters at, at TFT podcast, um, or TFT podcast, um, at overthinking Um, and as, as always, you can leave some comments in the, uh, in the show notes. I mean, we are we are back we're back to Gossip Girl um, now that we have uh, weekly Gossip Girls coming in. Um, I mean, we may we may end up going back to a schedule where we aggregate um, two Gossip Girls at a time. Um, yeah, I'm not and, sure. And- I mean, I'm not sure. Let us know how successful you think this episode was. It felt like maybe we were stretching thin some. Material. Ooh. Don't let us know. I, I, I only I only like uh, positive feedback. Yeah, so, no, that's uh, true. Don't let us know. Keep your goddamn opinions to yourself. The unsubscribe <laughs> button is right there in iTunes. Shh, don't tell them. <laughs> that's our only secret to retention. Um, but yeah, no, but I, I think we may, we may alternate them in part because I, I, I'm enjoying continuing to talk about Friday Night Lights. And I think that um, aggregating a few Gossip Girls at a time may give us a little more um, material to, to work, uh, well, you work. know what it does? You know what it does? It means that we don't rise and fall. Our, our shows don't have to exhibit the same variance that episodes of Gossip Girl do because we can kind of average out, uh, you know, the good and the bad episodes. That assumes that we are, are, are consistent performers from week to week. Um, but I, I like that. I buy that. You know, it's, you know, so Pastor, it's not the case that, uh, that, that we are finally hitting our stride. It's that our source material is finally hitting the stride. <laughs> We've been here all along, and it's really our, our, our entertainments that are failing us. Uh, but but we we no longer will fail you uh, because we are an open rather than a closed system. Um, you know we are uh, are, are not just uh, casual 
uh, casually religious, but are, are here all the time, like the omnipresent watching eye of Gossip Girl. And, uh, and, and, and like you, we are always here watching, observing, and discussing these, these fucking, fucking teenagers. teenagers.